Right fried potatoes. One potato, two potatoes, three potatoes, four, five potatoes, six potatoes, seven potatoes, more. potato, two potatoes, three potatoes, four, five potatoes, six potatoes, seven potatoes, also, Potato uh, League podcast. Quick congratulations to TJ. Uh, his band in the Kingdom of Nightmares got reviewed in like a heavy metal magazine. No way! And it was a favorable review. They got like seven out of ten for their newest <laughs> not, album. Not only was it a yeah. review. Yeah, it was a it positive, was a positive one. one. And it was right underneath the new Megadeth album review. That is so, awesome, TJ. Yeah. Good job, buddy. I wish I had some sort of uh, applause. Sa- I need a soundboard. Yeah. I don't even know what that means or how to do it. <laughs> but I see like some of the podcasts that I watch. Uh, that yeah, have but, soundboards, they have like a touchscreen next to them. Video monsters, yeah, yeah. Nathan has a soundboard, and it's got like each button has like three different sounds. Yeah. And, uh, so yeah. Yeah, I need one of those. Yeah. Jesus, the cats are raising hell behind us. Uh, by the way, because there was a whole thing about them trying to get into the area where the dog food is. I wouldn't let them in. Now they're pissed off and chasing each other around. So if you hear things slamming around in the background, it's not Dan and I. It no, is. It is the my cats, cats. Just chasing each other. They're just. Kicking ass in the basement. Um, I didn't think we would have much to talk about today, but we, I've already written down quite a few things. Yeah, it's a, it's um, a good assortment. Yeah. Um, the first thing is uh, I wanted to mention, because we t- it's it's getting to be fantasy football time. Mm-hmm. So uh, we do want to do the PLP League again, I assume. Yeah. Um, man, i got to change my calendar. Oh, yes, it is not July anymore. <laughs> The problem is I have to stand up to, to change it. I don't like doing that. So let's see. I think that second, third, fourth, probably the fourth would be the best day for a draft because that is the Sunday before. September 4th? Yeah. Are you going somewhere that weekend? It is a long weekend. No, I don't believe so. Uh, yeah, so son- that would be the, because <clears throat> the first game is that Thursday. Um, yeah, so... Uh, along those lines, uh, that is so. I'll I'll get on that site and mm-hmm. on the fantasy site and send out the invites at some point. Um, I haven't watched many movies lately because I have like really gotten into. I did a lot of best ball drafts last year. Uh, I've already done. I did seventy nine last year, and I've I think I've already done a hundred this year, and we're at August sixth. So I should get about one. 50 in. I haven't done anything, but man, I'm excited for Deshaun Watson this year on the Browns. (laughs) (laughs) Hold that thought. Uh, Now, that was was actually a very interesting thing, because when you draft, uh, for one thing, best ball is totally different from your week to week. It's closer to the way you would play DFS. Uh, But, like, it's like a stock market throughout the summer. Like, at the beginning of the summer, I was heavily, heavily drafting Julio Jones, who was unsigned. Mm -hmm. He was going in the 17th. These are 18-round drafts. He was going in the last two rounds. So, anytime... Because he was unsigned, and he's he's 34 years old. Still, he's a talented man. Right. And in best ball, they're like, well, he, he might only play six games. I don't give a shit. If I get six Julio Jones games for yeah. an 18th round pick, yeah. that is a good deal. Yeah. So he was going in uh, around 185, 190 range, you know, pick number. And I had like 26% Julio Jones. 
Julio Jones. So 26% of my teams had Julio Jones on it. The field, air quotes, would be 8%, one out of 12. So he would be on one out of every 12 teams. But really, at some point that deep, a lot of times they're not even getting drafted. Mm -hmm. So my 26% might be more like, you know, as far as percentage of leagues yeah, you, is, is a lot more than that. you're 26% of the 8%. Right. <laughs> so That means a lot of people aren't drafting him at all. Right. So I think it's like pick 170 where the last person that's drafted in 100% of leagues. Typically, it's in that 170 range. Anyone after that. Uh, so anyway, he was going in that range. The instant he signed with the Bucks, he oh, is he is now going around one twelve. Yeah. So that is a big discount. Yeah. So and and the other thing you do is I I unless I'm in tournaments that are you know like short, I'm done drafting Julio Jones because I've got I got all my shares for mm -hmm. you know I'm not gonna pay I'm not gonna pay market for it. <laughs> Plus it'll bring down my average on him. I don't want that. So anyway, that I've really gotten into that part of it. It's it's not even about uh, like your takes on the players so much as treating it like a market. Yeah. And <clears throat> because every year the most accurate uh, fantasy analyst is us. Mm -hmm. The collective ADP is usually if you do. You know, the collective ADP of all these morons, all of us idiots doing these drafts, millions of drafts, that ends up being more accurate than any, you know, expert or ESPN or CBS's yeah. site or whatever. So collectively, we're actually pretty smart with this stuff. So if you stick near ADP and construct things right and then just follow market things, yes. I've gotten burned a couple times, That's too. That's why I would suck at it, because I, I, I suck at the market. Well, you have to... Well, the, the thing that sucks about it is you... You have to be paying attention yeah. to it constantly. I'm all like, hey, are movie pass shares going well right now? <laughs> How's that working out? But I like, I like yeah, movies. That must yeah, be doing okay. But that market is boring. This is football <laughs> players. That's fun. Yeah. And because every everyone is a every time I take whoever, it's every time I take Julio Jones, it's a little teeny tiny bet. Mm -hmm. You know, it's a twenty cent bet that he ends up better than where I'm taking him. Which chances are pretty good, I think. Yeah. Again. I know he's not going he's not going to play. I'd be shocked if he played 10 games. Mm -hmm. If he plays 8 games because when he's on the field yeah. and we know how Brady is if he has a favorite target during the game, he will fucking find him every time. You don't think he's going to be I mean, if you've got Mike Evans on one side at 65 230 and Julio on the other side at 64 220 mm -hmm. and you're at the 5-yard line, how do you do, one of them is getting the ball. He's yeah. just going to throw it up. And I'm going to guess Evans is going to get yeah, probably. So that that's when I, I got burned a little bit on because the early news on Godwin was it was gonna be a while before he got back. Mm -hmm. Gronk had retired and there was no Julio yet. So I was by Mike Evans was going high second round because like he, he was, was the target. He was gonna have ninety catches to go along with his fourteen touchdowns that he's yeah. going to get. Yeah. Uh but now Godwin's looking like he's gonna be back week one or or first month. And then signing Julio doesn't doesn't mean anything less. It's better for Mike Evans, the Tampa Bay Buccaneer player, but it's worse for fantasy because yeah. now there's more target competition. But <clears throat> I'm still taking him at the end of the second round. Yeah. I'm still in. <laughs> but anyway, that's what I've been doing instead of watching movies. Though I have uh, since we got our Peacock, uh, I'm like. Halfway through season four of Parks and Rec, over like a two week span, yeah. we're watching like three, four episodes a night. 
after that, you got to start on the office. Yes, with the expanded that's, episodes. That's part of the reason that we're flying through it because those I kind of episodes are fucking great. Because I want to get to that. Should you start? I did something different with my Parks and Rec, and maybe I will with the Office too. Although I don't know if I want to. Um, I usually start with season three on Parks and Rec. I started with season two. No, go ahead. The first episode still sucks. Because yeah. it's, still, it's still not right. It's but, cringy. Man, fucking, that whole first season. The, the, the Diversity a Day episode is still fucking wonderful for me. Is that season one? Yeah. That's like, okay. like episode two, I think. Or four. One of the early ones. Isn't there, there's only like eight in the first six, season, right? Six, six, six. Six. So you'll, you'll fly through them anyway, but man. Like, they just posted season five. Because they did it weird. They did like season one, then season three, hmm. then two, then four, but now five. So, I, I, so I'm, I'm going through all the fives, right? So everything, everything up to five is done, yeah. or up to an inclu- end, including. Yeah. And and how I watch them is weird because I still only watch the show when I go to bed. Yeah. So like I'll get like through say episode four, and but then I'll be asleep by episode five, but then like the next day when I go to hit play, yeah, it'll be on like episode twenty two. Right. So I'm like ah fuck it I'll start on episode twenty two. Right. So there have been times when I've been doing this rewatch, where it'll be my third time through the show and I'll be like. I don't think I didn't watch episode eight of season three, right? Because I just I was asleep during it. I have was surprised going through season two at the number of like iconic episodes mm-hmm. that are in there that I I'm like I know I haven't seen my last three or four yeah. watches, um, but then on the other hand, then like right after that would be one that I was like I don't remember this episode at all. Because I probably Two haven't seen it. Episodes like that. For yeah. Me. Because yeah, I didn't. I started watching with the last episode of season two. Yeah. Um, that show doesn't start until Wyatt shows up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, which is the end yeah. of season two. Um, yeah, they're just uh, where are we at? We're we're in the middle of the campaign. Mm-hmm. He has just agreed to be her, and he, he has resigned in disgrace, and he's just now agreed to be her. That's a great episode. Yeah, a great it's. That and the Harvest Fest. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Harvest Fest through uh, City Council is the best run of that show. Although once she gets on, you don't get jam until she gets on City Council. Absolutely. You don't get you don't get regular jam. The jam the jam has sold out on the Funko store. It did. I, like, Damn it, I wanted that so bad. You jammed. Yeah. Comes with this little fucking jacket. <laughs> the satin. Like the the nineteen eighties satin starter jacket. Only yeah. there's not. <laughs> There's, you know, it's not a sports team. It's, pro- I think, it's probably Jam Dentistry. Yeah, but that like late '80s jacket, love it. Yeah, so I'm like halfway through four, I think. And there's not many in seven, right? Seven wasn't like a full full, like or was it? 12, I think, yeah. yeah, yeah, but that and that anyway. That's that's part of the reason that I'm kind of flying through because I do I do want to get to those those office episodes. Um. Yeah, Peacock, I only pretty much watched for what was their Thursday night lineup like 10 years ago. Yeah, it's funny. Because it's are, like that, yeah. 30 Rock, Community. Although it, it is where I watched Cop Shop. That's right. That's, that is There's some, they, it does yeah, have some... Yeah, because Peacock had the new Halloween movie first, too. Yes, and they have, uh, they also have Ambulance, mm-hmm. which... I still need to watch. Yeah. It's one of those, well, I'm you, like, I'll watch that. You can watch it on Peacock. Uh, I keep meaning to. I always remember it. At, I'm like, trying at ten o'clock at night when I'm not going to watch ambulance. Yeah, I got to start actually using my uh, two month, two dollar 
uh, Paramount subscription before it runs out because I haven't watched a single thing yet. Uh, and I think it's been, I don't know, it's been about three weeks anyway, right? Yeah. Uh, I'll get charged, like, whatever the regular thing is before I ever watch it. It's still not that bad. No, it's two bucks. It was 99 cents. Did you, how many did you end up doing? Did you do a bunch of those on Prime Day? No. No. Totally. Like, by I the kept, time I got around to it, I'm like, shit, it's over. Yeah, I, I actually, I was going to go back, and it was something that I think you already have. What, what, what did we talk about that day? I pretty much had everything. It so. was something you already had, because when I mentioned that it was one of the ones on the list, you said, that's worth that's worth yeah. throwing 99 cents at. Maybe it was, like, Showtime or, yeah. or something. I'm at the point, like, right now, because, like, Andrea and I just switched our phones. We switched over to Verizon from, eight, from U.S. Cellular. Yeah. And... They're like, oh, well, you get a free year of Hulu and oh, yeah. Disney Plus. I'm yeah. like, that means I'm going to have to start a new account. Yeah. My algorithms are pretty good right now. Yeah. I think I'll pass. That's what, that is. And I Andrea's still... like, are you nuts? It's, it's going to save you like 15 bucks a month. I'm like, yeah, but this is why she handles the stock market stuff in our family. Well, because uh, I'm just like, it's inconvenient. I don't want to save $15. So it means I have to start my Hulu account all over. Uh, I want to do the thing because I know that the the bundle is the same as the bundle with uh, Hulu, Disney, and ESPN is the same as what I'm paying just for Hulu and Disney. But I've never. The made only the reason attempt. I switched it is because I had Disney first. I mean, I got Disney before they bundled yeah. it with Hulu. Yeah, I, and I already had Hulu, and then I bought Disney. And they're like, "Well, you can bundle it," and I'm like. And eventually, they emailed me and said, "Hey, we've noticed that both of your e- that both of these accounts have the same email. Yeah. So we're just going to bundle that for you." Yeah. And I'm like, "Cool, thanks." I wasn't about to I wasn't about to do that myself. <laughs> so could I email them and ask them to do that? Maybe. Yeah. Like if I just want it, I just and the thing that sucks about it is there's no good place. Well, I guess there is one good place to cut it off. Uh, I've always had Disney annual. Mm-hmm. I just pay for it like whatever day it launched November 4th or whatever so every November 4th it's whatever it is for the year that shit's gonna get all fucked up because of that Discovery HBO Max thing oh my god yeah we uh, that should have been on the list okay let's jump right in on that because that that right now is freaking out fanboys at least the uh the the PR department's handled it well (laughs) this is this is going in the public eye this is just going swimmingly for those of you who don't know, Discovery has bought Warner Brothers, who owns HBO Max. Which sounds like a, a 30 Rock yeah. thing, kind of. Wigs. Yeah, <laughs> NBC it's is like, owned wait, by the Shinehart Wig wait, Company Corporation. Discovery owns yeah. them? Yeah. Um, and Discovery has decided that they no longer want any of HBO Max's original programming, because it's expensive. But they're axing stuff that is done yeah. as a tax write-off. And that included... The completed Batgirl film, which, for those of you who don't know, Michael Keaton was, appears as was Batman. In, in was it. in post, post, post production. Yeah, as ever, everyone was like, it was done. Like it's, and the the Scoob sequel. Yep. Got pulled, even though that was like ninety five percent done. Yep. Um, they're going to be axing like Harley, the Harley Quinn cartoon, uh, fucking Doom Patrol, all the DC TV shows that are on Max. Movies will not be made for HBO Max anymore. And they're going to apparently at some point fold them in. And I don't know if you saw the chart that was online, but someone had posted a chart they had made. 
about how HBO like an internal chart, like HBO Max skews male. Oh, and Discovery skews female, and everyone's like, yeah. All those hardcore hetero dudes watching that uh, Euphoria. Yeah, I, yeah. Say, every, every, I don't mean I'm not saying this is in in a bad way. Don't no. take me wrong. But I, every, it looks to me every show that comes on HBO on it that I see on HBO Max, I go that appears skewed for gay people. Yeah. Like that that looks like it's meant to appeal. Yeah. Plus the color scheme and yeah, so, I love purple. My my normal background is purple. Yeah. But like, if you're using, you get what I'm saying. Yeah. There's a HBO, it, maybe, I would it, say maybe, the opposite. maybe it skewed mail in the days of The Sopranos and Oz. Yeah. It's been a while. Yeah. It looks like the uh, the executive guy there, the one who's getting all the shit, who was obviously having his PR team handle it well. Yes. Um, hasn't watched HBO in about 20 years. Right. Because um, I'm going to guess it doesn't skew male or female. It's probably split right down the fucking middle, like just about everything in this planet. Yeah. Um. But they, uh, Discovery, you know, they've made their bones on stuff like Property Brothers. Yeah. Very cheap to produce shit. So they, that's... But, so in that instance, why do you even want this? Why do you... Th- that's what I don't understand about it. That's what a lot of people it. have been asking. Like, it's so like, what the fuck did, Why did you buy this company then? Yeah. And... Because they, they want to be a bigger conglomerate, I guess. And it is, uh, I've seen this a lot, it's the best UI... It's got the best uh, yeah, HBO Max, I'm like, saying. People are like, if I had picked anything to win the streaming wars, I yeah. would have picked HBO Max. The way everything is curated, yeah. uh, they have a whole classic section, they have, yeah. you know... If you want to look by a very specific thing, you can. So if I want to just look at stuff that's the TCM, yeah. I can go to that. Or just the DC stuff, yeah. or just... It was kind of the... the uh, <laughs> if you want... If you put something on your to watch list, it showed up next. Yeah. Unlike Netflix, which right. just throws it up a random shit. Yeah. Because um, it doesn't want you to forget about the other things on the list. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and apparently they're going to be merging HBO Max with the Discovery Plus thing next year. And people are super looking forward to that online. Yeah. They're definitely not screaming the sky is falling. I get it, because again, people are like, well, this doesn't change the stuff that's on HBO. It's like, who fucking watches HBO? Right. I don't even, like, they got rid of the HBO Now app when HBO Max came along. Right. <laughs> so, do people still watch HBO on their television? Do they show up Sunday at 9 p.m. to watch Secession? Or do they just I guess watch I, it whenever I, on their app? Yeah, I'd be curious to know what those numbers are. Like, as far as HBO shows stream versus yeah. watching it on... Yeah, it's like, Discovery know. Plus, you got your Shark Week. That's what you got. Yeah. No one else gives a fuck about your channel. It's a... It's a weird it business It is a move. very weird business move, yes. <laughs> I, I don't even know how else to put it. And it and it's... I mean, I joke about the PR thing, but, like, there was no good way to spin any of these things. But, like, they also, like, um, they pulled movies off HBO Max. Mm. That had, like, The Witches, that remake of yeah. Witches. They pulled it off the HBO Max. Yeah. Why? Why, <laughs> Why did you do that? And I know, like, they're like, well, we're not going to release Birds of Prey because... Because where they just bought the network, they have a certain window where anything they choose not to release. Because it's what like Fox went through when Disney bought Fox. Yeah. Where a lot of stuff got shuttled. But they're like, oh well, you know, we have a net thirty day business business window where we can just shuttle stuff and get tax. You know, that won't count against us on our taxes. Right. And I, I can understand wanting an eighty million dollar tax break on something, but 
It's fucking Batgirl. It's a DC property. Yeah, and people what? are like, oh, well, it must have sucked. That's why they don't want to watch it. It's right. Like, have you seen the shit DC has put out? Yeah. They made a big deal about Wonder Woman 2. Yeah. Uh, that was awful. It just it just doesn't make any sense. Like like you're not gonna come off good looking either way, and how can that how can that possibly help you? And what what gain is there if you it's kinda like the people that go into government that hate government. Yeah. You know? Like <laughs> we're here to shut it down. Yeah, like why the fuck are you working here? Yeah. Like if you do not want to make things better. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean I understand yeah, that that's awesome. very different. It's that's <laughs> yeah. Not, not all the people are as funny as Ron Swanson that do this. No. You're more likely to get Steve Bannon. Yeah. Uh, or Ron Johnson, actually. Is more, <laughs> you guys are fucking worse. Uh, sorry, I was doing the fingernail thing. I'm, I'm sure that sounds awesome on the microphone. Um, so I got to stop talking about that. Where, where were we? Just HBO Max. <laughs> oh, yeah, just HBO Max in general. But, yeah, I, it, the funny thing is... is uh, I still have it until like the twentieth, but I had I usually shut off HBO during football season because I just don't watch it. Yeah. Um, so I had already canceled my subscription and before all of this happened. So I'm going to be part of some statistic you're going to see yeah. that shows how many people canceled this month because well, of this news. And that's the thing too, because this is the worst possible fucking time for them to do that. Yeah. Because. The new Game of Thrones show is going to be coming out. Right. That's already got enough shit working against it as it is. Yeah. Um, I think I told you. I told you off air that I started reading the whatever the book is called. The Targaryen history. The book. Targaryen history book, which it's very interesting because it starts with Aegon the Conqueror. Yeah. And it goes. I'm on like his grandkid now, and it's Christ. It's it's thorough. <laughs> well, it's telling you. Who of course, it is. But it, it's neat because you're like, oh, well, this is when they started building the Red Keep. Yeah. This is when this 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 was the very first hand of the king. So it, it's for someone who is both a Game of Thrones fan and a kind of a history nerd. This is mm. neat stuff. I it you, reads very fucking slowly, and I'm very aware that this is a 700 page book. Yeah. Um, but it's neat, and <laughs> it's letting you know this is and about. I think I'm like still like a generation or two away. From where the House of the Dragon show is. Oh, yeah. Because um, I kind of wanted to get to that so I knew what was going on. Because I'm like, I don't know any of these characters. Especially because all the fucking women are some version of Raynar. Yes. Or something like that. Or And all the dudes are some variation of Aegon. Aegon, yeah. So it's fucking... Like, I read Andrea, like, one paragraph. And she's like, there were, like, seven different names there that were two vowels apart from one another. Yeah. Like, I know. But they're all different characters. Yeah. Well, but it's also... It, it's the same thing with the elves in uh, um, yeah, Lord, Lord of the Rings. Rings. But it's, it's neat because it's like, oh, well, the, the Tar- not the Targaryens, the um, Lannisters have always been in charge of that part of the world. Yeah. You know, and, the, you know, you've got the Martells and Dorne and the Starks up in Winterfell. They've been, this is like when they first started taking over those positions. Yeah. It's, it's neat. It's a good supplement to the stuff that we like. Yeah, uh, I was I watched um, a few a couple of years ago. Well, when when the show was still going, I used to there was a YouTube channel that had like very in depth yeah. histories. Oh, they of did like the a lot of the uh, like they did some animated special features on the discs. Yeah, that were his, history things, and they were neat. Yeah, and it, it's actually gotten me excited about the show coming. And then this happens, and I'm like, 
they just tanked probably 20% of their audience with this bullshit. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if it's more than that. <laughs> yeah, I was definitely being generous, I think, with the 20, but you know, I want to give them the benefit of the doubt for a while. Well, that, I mean, I would I would like to see that, because it does still shock me anytime I see numbers of uh, how many people still have satellite dishes, yeah. you know, who are still using basic cable and stuff. And, you know, then I think, well, that's my parents, mm-hmm. you know, that's... They have Netflix, but I don't think either one of them could access it on the TV if they had to. Yeah. And, I mean, the other thing that comes out of this, too, it's like, way to shoot yourself in the foot with creatives. Oh, yeah. Because, that's, like... That's who I, I feel bad for. Because the two directors of The Bad Girl are the two of the directors from the Ms. Marvel show. Yeah. You think they're ever going to go work for fucking WB again? Right. No. Disney now has them probably on lockdown. Yeah. Disney's like... You make it, we'll fucking release it. You know? You want to go spend seven months making this film that's never going to see the light of day? That's what happens when you go work for Warner Brothers now. That's what happens when you go work for HBO. They'll just shut that shit down. (laughs) Come work for us, and we'll put you in fucking everything like Taika Waititi. Yeah. He's in every (laughs) Disney property. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) You want a cameo in Star Wars? You can have a cameo in Star Wars. You want to be the voice of a droid? We'll give you that. Colin, when we watched Lightyear, Colin's like, Dad, I think that's the same guy that plays the rock guy in... He's got a voice. He voices. Yes! No shit! I didn't even know that. Yes! And and this time, it's very clearly him. He's got the curly hair and the white... Yeah. Yeah, It's... Jesus Christ. Yeah. And he's basically playing him. You know, the same... (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So you can go work for someone like that. Yeah. Or this other place. People are not going to go want to work for them anymore. So you've just shot yourself in the foot with creatives. You've shot yourself in the foot with the audience. Yeah. And about a year from now, they're going to go, I don't know why our stock is plummeting. Right. What well, the yeah, that, there will, yeah, there will be news next year of, I don't understand, we don't, you know, or there'll be some bullshit Well, from what I've read, reason. they're already laying off like 70% of yeah. the HBO Max workforce. Yeah. I... The what I, the number I saw was seventy percent of the creative yeah. side, which you're not going to need the other people, right? If like, the creative side isn't making shit, you don't yeah. need you, you don't need a PR department for it anymore. If they're not making anything, <laughs> it's really it's sad in one way, um, but on the other hand, we've never like as just a, a uh, how it impacts like the norm, like us. Mm-hmm. There's never been more to choose from. Mm-hmm. So, like, we do, like, sometimes we complain about there being too much. Mm-hmm. And maybe there is. Mm-hmm. Maybe there isn't, you know, maybe something this nice that obviously costs this much money, because, mm-hmm. you know, how polished the, the app is and all the original stuff. They, they don't go, they don't cheap on any of it. No. Maybe it is too much. Maybe you can't do that. <laughs> You know what I mean? Yeah. Even for fifteen ninety nine a month, which is... Is that the top package? I think so. Um, but I mean, that's about as expensive as the top Netflix package is now. Netflix, Netflix is like is, 20 And Netflix is not nearly as good. No. I mean, there's more on Netflix, but that doesn't necessarily mean it's better. Netflix, it's like if they weren't doing Mike Flanagan stuff yeah. and a few other projects, I wouldn't give a fuck about Netflix anymore. They have, they have embraced... Um, the Korean yeah. stuff, obviously with Squid Game, but also there's a lot of decent. I've I've watched a lot of 
Um, well, I think we talked about with the RR with Triple R. Yeah. Like, all, they've got a lot of Indian stuff on there. Too. Yes. But guess what? The world market shit is cheap for them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, because I had, I would say in the last two years, or since I wa- started watching Korean movies, that as far as my, my Netflix movie watching, I bet 90% of it has been Korean movies. I don't watch really Netflix for any other reason. I'd say that's probably pretty accurate for me as well. I mean, I, I could probably go on there and I would be fucking totally wrong. I would prove myself wrong by my own. Um, I'm, I'm uh, going to go to my Netflix app and see. I think, like, one of the only things that's on there, Strange, Stranger Things. Yeah. Oh my God, I got to fucking sign into my. <laughs> Dan is. Uh, this is hating. the worst part about getting a new phone. It really, really is. Like you to... get you get excited about the idea of having a new phone, and then there's that oh, I wasn't. Then there's that dread on the way there that you're like, oh shit, I'm gonna have to do so many things over again. It is way it easier now than it used to be, though. And the thing is, too, again, like Connor uses my Netflix for yeah. VPN over in Poland. Yeah. So me changing my password means I've got to fucking. I mean, it's not like it's a big deal to notify him, but right. it's just like, hey, just okay, want to give you a heads up. Here's a heads up. I had to change all these passwords. Although some things, I don't know if Netflix... Oh, we're, we're, we're watching... I take it back to... Sandman is on there now. Okay. And I've Andrew and I have been watching Ozark, which is awesome, by the way. I, it, it's just Southern... It's, I have it's no su- doubt. It's Southern Redneck Breaking Bad. Yeah. But yeah, we're, we've been watching for about three months now. We just... We're halfway through episode one of season two. Because it's just like... Oh, yeah. Because she doesn't get home... Like I, I think I've said this before. She doesn't get home from work until like six... We eat dinner until 7, and then we have about an hour before she's like, I need to go to bed because I have to get up tomorrow at fucking 4. So That's gross. Not all, yeah. Well, we're going to have to not be quite that bad, but we're going to start earlier this year. I know. I'm not looking forward to that. I'm not either. Everyone's like, oh, but you get out of work so early. I'm like, I don't fucking care. Yeah. Getting up, the difference between getting up between out between 2.30 and 3.30, to me, negligible. Is right. The difference between getting up at 6 or getting up at 5 that is a very big fucking difference. <laughs> that is a huge deal. Uh, let's see. I have watched. But that can't even. Be I right. had the last movie I watched on Netflix was Triple R, and that was probably two months ago. All right, so here's my 2022 on Netflix. This can't be right. Oh, it's just showing stuff that's on those ones. Oh. Never mind. I tried to sort my diary by that because you can't sort, like if I, you can't sort your tags by when you watch them, which I think is frustrating. Yeah. Because I, if you just go to my everything I've tagged with Netflix, it just has them in. Uncharted is the number one movie today on Netflix. Well, it just came out today. Oh, okay. That's why. But like the Netflix original, like. like you the, haven't seen that, right? Yeah. No, I watched it. Oh, that. you did? It was fun. Did we talk about it? Maybe. Uh, like but yeah, the Netflix fine. original programming, like their original movies, tend to suck, or at least at the best, be middling. Robin watched one because uh, Gray yes. Man just came out, and I'm like, it's Chris Evans and um, Ryan Gosling. I yeah. should want to watch that, yeah. but I'm like, eh, I'll get to it. Yeah, maybe. Uh, and all of them have kind of felt that way. The Triple Frontier one, the Ben Affleck. Jesus Christ, Tower Heist is number seven. The old Eddie Murphy film from like ten years ago. That's problematic. It is? When that is your number seven movie today, Tower Heist. Mm. I swear there are just people who only watch like what the newest stuff to pop on Netflix is. 
Well, I mean, it makes sense. Because why else would Men in Black 3 be the number one, the number nine movie? I don't know. I don't have an answer for you on that. Good. Sandman is still the number one TV show. That's awesome, by the way. Yeah. The Sandman, it's really good. It's a, the first episode is essentially the first comic, the first issue. Yep. And that, from what I've heard, that's kind of what they're doing. Yep. Each issue is its own episode, which scares the bejesus out of me. Because that is a 60-issue long yeah. series. I don't have faith in Netflix to not cancel To carry show. this for thing for five, five, five years or least. six years? Well, let, me, let me see how many episodes they have, because I haven't even checked how many episodes. They, again, Netflix drops them all at once. They did ten. Okay, so they're going to be starting off with seasons of this. Okay. Um, so they, if they do ten, it's still six years. Yeah. I do not trust them to do this show is also pissing off fans. Like, men. It's great. Because he they gender switched a few of them. Like, Constantine is a woman. Yeah. It's Joanna Constantine. Who, canonically, is a character. It's like Con- Constantine's grandmother. Yeah. But they couldn't use John Constantine, even though he's in the comic. Right. So they just made it Joanna. Oh, people are pissed. And they made the, the librarian in the dream world, Lucian. Lucien. She's now a woman. Oh, no. So, yeah. They're, First they came for our Sith Lords. <laughs> now they're coming for our dream librarians. <laughs> um, but I watched the first episode. Man, how good must your life be to that be your biggest fucking gripe? I don't see. I think you must be a miserable human being. Uh, yeah. Clearly, but I mean, yeah. in like, your you mind... You're not worried about, like, rent. Yeah, I in think. your mind, if that's your biggest gripe, you think you got everything else nailed? Is that... You know what I mean? Yeah. You have to, because, like, the amount of energy that these people... Yeah, because it's like... I was... This I, is why I never go on Reddit, because, like, like the few times I've ever been on Reddit, to read even, like, a part of a topic. Yeah. I'm like, there are 87 pages of this. Yeah. Who the fuck is doing this? Yeah. Like, who decided that you need 87 pages worth of conversation on this topic? Nobody. And then you read some of the comments, and you're like, oh... This is why there's 87 pages, because they're each saying one sentence that they're stupid. Yeah. Oh my god, I actually did that today on Hulu, too, on a thing on Facebook about the Hulu movie Prey. Because Prey, he's like, how come the dog only understands Comanche? And they're all speaking English. And and people are like, they're not speaking English in the movie. You get that, right? They're speaking Comanche, and they're just speaking English so that we can understand it because there is, I guess, a Comanche dub. Well, but. there is. Do you want to get into Prey? Yeah. Okay. Dan and I both watched Prey last night. Yes, there is a Comanche dub, and I, I really wish that had been how it was filmed. Me too. Because it was filmed in English, and then it, it is revolutionary. Obviously, this has never happened before. Then they dubbed Comanche, and they and the filmmakers and stuff are like, "Well, this is the definitive way to watch it. This is how it's meant to be viewed." Well, then you should have fucking filmed it that way. But. Because they got all Native Americans. Yeah, but there is some dude along the way who probably went, I'm not going to give you money. There actually was some dude along yeah. the way, and it was the head of fucking Disney. Or, that, <laughs> honestly, that's what, yeah. that's what it was. Uh, which kind of surprises me. Yeah. Because usually you would think uh, if anyone would skew... Progressive, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, it would be Disney. It would be Disney, uh, oh. given that they're putting black people and women in things all yeah. the time. 
Um, that language thing, though, man. Yeah. Oh. Uh, so I really, I ended up watching it in English. Um, See, I didn't know there was the Comanche dub until after I was about halfway through. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, I'm not going to switch now. Right. But yeah, this guy, you could not convince him that they were not speaking English. He's like, well, then why they... St-? He's like, did you notice they didn't start out in English? And yeah, it did. The, it did the classic movie trope of they. You, this person is like, have you ever seen Hunt, Hunt for Red October? October? Yes, thank you. <laughs> and the guy's like, this is what he said. He's like, no, they were speaking English in that. Don't you remember? And everyone's like, the Russians were not speaking English. They were speaking Russian, and that's when it zoomed in. Yeah, and zoomed out, and they're speaking English. I'm like, we understood that as twelve year olds, right? That that's what they were doing. <laughs> but this guy, and after a while, I'm like, is he trolling? Because yeah, people were I... people just kept saying, no, this was filmed for you can watch it in Comanche. They're speaking, and he's like, well, the trapper was just speaking French. They're like, no, the the trapper guy could understand Comanche. No, he understood English, and they were both talking English at that point. It's like, God, wow. He literally says he explains it they he actually overexposed right there by that exposition was only for the for the audience the dumbest people well it was only for the audience because like why would you go up to someone who would assume you don't speak their language and then in their language say hey i speak hey dan i speak english do you see that I speak English too? And then tell you why I can speak English? Yeah. Like, motherfucker, I can hear you. Yeah. If I can understand anything you're saying, you don't they, need to explain the fact it. That they have a dialogue tells me they're speaking the same yes. language. Jesus. They didn't need to do that. Uh, I, again, I actually was like, that was kind of dumb and unnecessary. Have some fucking. No, it was not. That, so, yeah, but it's obvious, like anyone who's obviously ever read I was history, wrong. Anyone who's ever taken a history class knows. <laughs> That there was always someone in these groups that could at least speak some native words. Yes. Because that's how that's they didn't what all that, get murdered. And that's, <laughs> that was that person's job. Yeah. Uh, yeah, see right here. You can select from the main menu the Comanche dub. Yeah. And people were going on and on about the young lady. How 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 on earth could she take... If Arnold Schwarzenegger and his band of commandos couldn't take down a predator, so how the, could she do it? We're doing the Ray thing again? Yeah. Jesus and it's Christ. just like... It's did, fucking did, exhausting, man. I'm like... Maybe that predator was a really, really good predator, and this one was kind of a rookie predator. Did you not watch the film? She's pretty fucking good. Yeah. The, the fight she has, she's yeah. She's innovative. It shows you, like when she attaches, makes a rope to attach to her hatchet, like that's innovation. She's figuring some shit out. She's basically like a much more spry yeah. uh, god of war. Oh, and other people were like, "Oh, well, she's not cut and defined enough to be an action hero." It's like. Did you not get the whole part about everyone underestimates her? Yeah. Also, she's fucking like supposed to be like sixteen. Yeah. Probably and actually probably younger than that in the movie because it's not like Comanches had. Oh, you're eighteen. You're an adult now. Yeah. Right. She was probably. You have seen eighteen winters. Yes. She's probably in the movie supposed to be like a fourteen year old. Yeah. I don't know about you, but I do not see a lot of fourteen year old girls that are like cut and muscular and defined. Well, and also. That whole that whole argument that that has been going on forever now. Uh, do you want the people in your action movies to suck? Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah. Like, you don't have a problem when literally any, Paul Rudd is a fucking superhero. What he does is ridiculous. Even even minus the Ant Man suit, the level of yeah, every you know. 
why I, I don't even have words. Why man. is this a hill that you're fighting? Yes, I don't understand it. Like you're so you're willing to accept it anywhere else. There's only Unless one it's a girl. There's only one reason that you could possibly hate this. God help her if it's a minority woman. <laughs> <laughs> minority women can't use the force. You have to some for some reason be big and strong oh, to do that. What, yeah, everyone's like, "What film is it?" Uh, fuck. Oh, the Black Panther, the new Black Panther yeah. movie. There's like, well, that doesn't. If Siri becomes a new Black Panther, and it doesn't show a training montage. I'm not gonna believe it. Well, but you're okay with him eating a magic fucking flower, right? <laughs> and that gives him the powers of the Panther, right? But you need a tra- you need you need a you need a movie long training montage to make sure that she's good at this. Well, that was another thing in Prey that uh, was almost over-exposed on mm-hmm. was that she has clearly been training mm-hmm. her whole life yeah. for this sort of thing. Yeah. It's kind of got a Mulan quality to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I say that having never seen Mulan. But she's I like also, to talk about things I haven't seen. she's also not great at it yet because she's still right. just a fucking kid. Because the whole thing when she's hunting the... Um, well, we see her fail. Yeah, we see her fail with the mountain lion. Even yeah. though you learn later, she's the one who delivered the pretty much fatal blow, but she got knocked unconscious, and therefore her brother kind of took the glory. And it was her plan. Yeah, it was her plan. Because um, that was that was the... And I would think, again, that's how you get around the, the toxic fanboy view, is she wasn't using her big, strong muscles. She was coming... She was more like a, a MacGyverin type well, thing. Her brother even uses that when yeah. they're like... Oh hey, why are we gonna let her come along? Because she's really good at tracking and she knows medicine. Yeah, she's so her own brother is like she's fucking capable. We need to bring her. Yeah, she might not be the best hunter yet, but again, she's younger than we all are. Yeah, um, uh, it very much. <clears throat> again, this movie's not going to be fun if the predator shows up and wipes everyone out. Right. <laughs> you were okay with Danny Glover kicking its ass in part two. Right. <laughs> Which I watched this morning. By I the way. saw that. I watched. Uh, I watched half of it last night and finished it this morning. I have much better than I remember. Well, I saw your your score on it, four stars. Mm-hmm. Um, which, by the way, is what I gave Prey. Uh, excellent. I thought yeah. it was excellent. And again, these are again. This is the movie film debate. These are not. This is not right up there with say Parasite. No, no. But it's a different type of movie. And I that's will why it's say a, it's a four and a half for me because it's a very good action film. Yes, and it is also. Um, more uh, serious is not the word. Most action, you would expect a movie like this to be schlocky, kind of. Kind of like the old Predator. I mean, but this is beautifully shot. Gorgeous fucking It's very respectful. Mm -hmm. Um, And I know they took a lot of care. Uh, Obviously, they did a fucking Comanche dub. Uh, But that wasn't the only place where they clearly took a lot of care with how they... Uh, portrayed Native Americans and specific, you know, they used a lot of the uh, very accurate ceremonial type yeah, and things. That's what, and that's what part of me was like, I'm like, this seems like it's very authentic. Yes. I'm middle-aged white man who does not know shit about this right. culture, even though I should know more, but it's it feels authentic to me. Yes. And guess what? I haven't seen a lot of Native people complaining about this film online. No, and I actually got, as far as, I mean, obviously very different movies, um, but as far as uh, level of genuineness and obvious taking care, it reminded me a lot of, I, I got that same feeling. Um, oh my God. Uh, Leo attacked by the bear. Revenant. Yeah. Uh, 
I kind of got that same feeling. I was like, man, there should be more movies that are like this during this time period. Uh, But there really aren't. No. And even the ones that were made, uh, you know, the the classics kind of in that genre, time period, American West type things, not necessarily Westerns, but Westerns. Yeah. Um, You get things like Dances with Wolves, which is... Fine. Yeah, uh, I, I get why, but it's very much a Hollywood uh, portrayal. Whereas this, this fifth entry in a ridiculous franchise is just of a, the level of quality in the movie. Just overall was shocking. Yeah, I, I read another post where someone was complaining that it, it didn't have the classic Predator music. I'm like, I don't care. It had to me. It had, I loved the score. So I, I did too. I immediately was like, I hope someone releases this on vinyl because I'm going to buy it. Of course you will. Uh, <laughs> uh, what did I watch the other day that was so, it was, I don't remember what it was, but it was the soundtrack to something. Uh, it was just one of those ASMR things that you scroll through on Twitter and you see, and it's them being, making the vinyls yeah, and pressing them. Too, yeah. They take the, and they would take the different color vinyls and kind of just mush them together and then it goes, and it's yeah. just this gorgeous vinyl that you can see through part of it and. I don't remember what it was, but it was a, it was a soundtrack or something. To do when they decide to start redoing vinyl, is because yeah, like if you tell me this, it's a great score, available in black, I'll be like, uh, but they're like, oh, but this one's cotton color candy. Yeah, right. I'm like, I'll take it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I, I love that. When they I may that. never open it. I may no. I make sure I listen to all my records. You do once that I get. That's that's good because I I don't like. Uh, Dan often buys me, this is a a little inside baseball, Dan often will get me as gifts uh, vinyl things. And I don't, well, I don't have the means to play it anyway, but I like don't want to open it because a lot of them have stickers on the plastic and I don't want to ruin that. Yeah, because a lot of them are just cool. Yeah, that's what, to me, it's a piece of art. The pop star soundtrack is not the pop star soundtrack. Right. It's, it's, um, it is the album. Yeah, whatever the fuck their name was in the movie, I can't remember right now. Connor for real? Yeah, exactly. It's, it's one of their albums. Yeah. Which I think is just awesome when they do that. Yeah. Uh, and like Mouse Rat is being, we have we have this nice little dis- setup in front mm-hmm. of like below the TV uh, that Robin worked really hard on. It's got a little plant on it. It's got my vintage looking. I we, <laughs> I bought a uh, a mini cooler mm-hmm. for the bedroom to keep because I like to have water. Yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah. I'm a weird human. I like to have water, <laughs> but I I always like to have water nearby because I I wake up and I like drink a half a bottle of water. So uh, I bought this little mini fridge that's about, I don't know, yeah. 10 inches high, but it looks like an old-timey Frigidaire. Mm. Uh, and then we've got this little fake cactus and mm. the sound bar for the TV. So it's a nice little setup. And then right in the middle of it is the mouse wrap vinyl. Nice. <laughs> um, and I actually haven't even looked at it. Um, does it have like 5,000 candles in the wind As on I it? just got done or saying, is it I just all my vinyls. You haven't listened to the mouse wrap one? <laughs> Um, because I wonder, because I wondered just like with the pop star I think, thing, I think mine is still sealed. <laughs> if it was, because it has a sticker on it, yeah. Uh, and the second you cut that, that sticker is just eventually is gone. Yeah, I know. Um, so I didn't, I, I haven't looked to see if that is just the awesome album or if it has like 5,000 candles in the wind. I feel like, I think it does. I'm trying to think if it does, but I can't, I can't be a... that uh, is, there's no way of knowing. <laughs> right, we can never find out that uh, it's like fifty feet from us right now. I uh, that is one of the very best episodes. Yeah, uh, the little Sebastian's funeral. 
and uh, you know I would much rather lay a wreath. <laughs> <laughs> there is uh, a lot of the cold opens are still like mm-hmm. kill me every time, but the one that just murders Robin and it happened. It happens every single time to the point where she, because Robin will get laughing so hard she can't breathe, is when Ron pulls his tooth out in the morning meeting. Jeez, my eyeball is going red again, isn't it? I wonder if you're like I don't allergic know what it is. to I, the something. Something here. Maybe it's the cleaner I, I use. I should stop touching my eye when I'm. <laughs> yeah, I just stop rubbing this stuff yes. in my eye. Uh, when Ron pulls his tooth out in the morning meeting, <laughs> that is. <laughs> Donna's like, "What the fuck?" And Tom faints. Robin loses it every single time, uh, and it's still just like the first time you've ever seen it. Um, so yeah, pray. Uh, it did. It did what a lot of uh, nostalgia movies have been doing lately, mm-hmm. which is followed the formula almost exactly from the very first movie. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it even. Ha- I think it had just enough callback lines. Uh, well, I didn't even realize one of the biggest callbacks until I watched Predator Two today. The gun, the trapper's gun. Yeah, that appears. That's the gun that the Predator hands Danny Glover at the end of Two. Oh no way! Yeah, I was like, I didn't fucking remember because again. I think I wrote it in my review. I, I only think I saw Predator 2 like once or twice. I'm pretty sure me, I have. Because I've only seen it once. if I had the choice between Predator and Predator 2, right. I always watch Predator. Right. So I Predator 2 is not one. If I'm like, I want to watch a Predator movie, I don't put in Predator 2. But you're the second person. Uh, well, the video that I, wa- that I was watching when you arrived was the Darren Van Dam had done a video mm-hmm. about the best Predator-like movies on Hulu Plus right now. On Hulu yeah. Plus? Hulu, whatever, Hulu right now. Um, and... When he got to Predator 2, because obviously all the Predator movies were on his list because yeah. they're all on there, uh, he said, this is, she said, trust me, this is better than you remember. It is. It um, really is. So now, I might watch it. it. It actually, for me, it felt more like a RoboCop film. Than a That's Predator what it film. always kind of felt C- like Because it's me. very hyper-violent, yeah. um, really over-the-fucking-top in parts. Yeah. I mean, who knew that would be coming from a Gary Busey film? <laughs> but like, I totally forgot that Gary Busey was even I'd, in it until I, I showed up. I'm like, fuck, Gary well, Busey's in this. I didn't know fuck until Adam Baldwin is until in this. you just mentioned it now. I didn't notice it. Um, but yeah, it was, Predator Two was much much better than I remembered. Um, and that, and I, then I started like for ten minutes before I came here. Watched, started Predators, the Nimrod Patel film. Yeah, which I also remember enjoying in the theater because Connor and I actually went and saw that one in the theater. Is that the Adrian Brody one? Yeah. yeah. That was well. That when he got to that one, he said, "This one's probably better than you remember too." I don't remember Alien versus Predator Requiem, Requiem at all. I've never seen any of the Alien versus Predator ones. I've seen both of them. I remember the first one more because that one took place in like an Aztec temple, and it was kind of neat. Was one of the games pretty good? The, uh, Predator Concrete Jungle was good. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm gonna this week. I think I'm gonna end up rewatching all of. In one form or another, except for maybe the Predator, because God, that film sucked. Is that the most recent That's the one? Shane Black one, which yeah. I don't know what the fuck happened on that. Which should have been the best. A one. home run should have been great. Shane Black Predator should be great. Yeah. Nope, it was awful. But yeah, work really, on that Nice Guys sequel. Yeah, I really enjoy Predators too, though. When I watch it, and again, uh, I think I get yeah, I get probably four and a half. I really enjoy it. Uh, Dan Trachtenberg, just let that dude make more movies. Yeah. Because between this and uh, Ten Cloverfield Lane, he's uh, he's pretty good. Yep. And he's. I not, say that having not seen Ten Cloverfield Lane. He's also he also did, uh, like one of the better episodes of Black Mirror. Um, he's done a couple other TV shows as well. He's done episodes on. Has he written for 
written things also? Or just... That's a great question. Because I feel like I've heard... When I looked him up as a director last night, I didn't, I didn't think to check writer. Um, it wasn't as much as I thought, I guess. Yeah, he for someone who seems like he's been around for a while, like he's right. only got 12 directing credits. Right. Prey... Uh, I did, he directed an episode of The He's only got 12, and one of them was yesterday. He did an episode of The Boys, did an episode of Black Mirror. Uh, writer. Oh, no, I did look at Writer. He hasn't written shit. Yeah. He really I, did look, I did look at that. Prey yeah. is the first feature-length film he's written. And ooh, He wrote he a might, portal thing? He's he wrote, a, he wrote a seven-minute portal short. Or, I mean, directed a seven-minute portal short. But apparently the develop, he's in development for the movie. Oh, for a Portal movie? For a Portal movie. It's upcoming projects listed him. Rumored. Did you play Portal? No. That was the time I was not playing. That should be a... Uh, that should be a goal of yours. Okay. Two is is generally considered one of the greatest movies. Movies Is generally considered one of the greatest games of all time. But you really need to play the first one. It's a puzzle game. Is well, if I is. do it, I'll have to do it this coming week. Because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> after that, soccer starts. And I think that Portal, I think it's one of those things that's available on just about every pl- platform of it, uh, known to man. Um, I'm sure there's a PS4 version. Um, what else about Prey? What was the other thing? I mean, there was... I mean, the, the way it ends is very similar to the way the first one ends. Mm-hmm. Although, did you watch all the way through the credits? Yes. That, with there, the, that there isn't a post-credit scene, but there is. Post-credit cartoon, I guess you could say. Animated uh, cave drawing type yeah. thing. That other ships show up. Yeah. Which is the, kind of how Predator 2 ended when all the other Predators showed up. Because uh, at the beginning of it, it shows you that he was dropped off. Mm-hmm. And the ship because away. the ship flies away, and then you see him there. He didn't come here and land a ship. So, at the end of the credits, you see uh, the ship coming back to get their boy, and he doesn't have a head anymore. Yeah, that was pretty awesome. Uh, I did like that. Uh, after the brother kills the mountain lion, he comes back and he's painted his face mm. with the with the mountain lion blood. I liked that coming back at the end, and she's got the neon. Yeah, I would really war like to paint. see a sequel to this. Yeah, I really think it. Predator is one of those things where they could do this in pretty much any time period in U.S. history, in American history, or world yeah. history. Because as I started rewatching Predators, there's a Yakuza member there. Yeah, and I'm like, I would love to see like a feudal, feudal Japan. Japan. See a bunch of like seven fucking samurai going up against the Predator. Yeah, I'd love to see that shit. Yeah, I was so excited to get ran, and I still haven't watched it. It's so long, Dan. It really is. <laughs> it's like three hours long. I say that, and I watched fucking the expanded edition of Avatar the other day. Oh. Of course, I did it while I was doing something else. I was alphabetizing my, my DVD collection. <laughs> Which, and Andrew's like, what else did you do today? I'm like, did you, did you not hear me? I just told you. I alphabetized my DVD collection. Huh? Yeah. That's like 2,000 DVDs I just yeah. had to alphabetize. It took me a while. That's funny. And she's like, that's really what you spent your day doing? I'm like, yeah. Well, I watched movies, too. That's why I became an educator. Yeah, I watched uh, I watched White Guys Save the World, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Again. Um, yeah, I've had Avatar on the on the list of family watches for a while now, and it still hasn't happened. I think I nailed it in my review of it. It is probably the best film I've ever seen that balances the 
wow, that's really fucking cool with that's the dumbest thing I've ever fucking seen. Yeah. Equally well. Yeah. So just about every time you're like, I'm going to fucking turn this thing off. It sucks. Something happens. You'll get a really cool scene. Yeah. And then you'll be like, oh, this is great. Why am I so hard on this? Oh, yeah. That's yeah. why. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it just, oh, it's yeah. Such fucking Stephen Lang's life. entire character. Fucking Giovanni Ramizzi's on screen again. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh... Yeah, it fucking... That movie, if you're... It just gives you such whiplash going between yeah. awesome and suck. But I can't get over the... I, I get pulled out so far with the sucky parts that... Yeah, and they're, they're bad. They're so funny. You, like, don't even want to be in the same room with it. Yeah. With the movie on. Can we mute this whole section? That's when I would go, like, oh, time to take more movies out of the room. Yeah. Because what I had to do is I emptied the shelves and started alphabetizing, like, in stacks yeah. on my kitchen table. Right. room table. And that's... But I would only do it, like, a couple handfuls at a time, and any time, like, a suck scene came on, I'm like, time to go get more. Yeah. Yeah, uh... I, I I haven't seen it for years because this has been the first time I'd watched it in probably six or seven years at least. Because I would have watched, you know, of course, coming out of the theater, you're like just wowed by it, yeah. and then you watch it the first time at home, and you're like, oh, but you're still trying to convince yeah. yourself that. But the spectacle is not the same when it's not, you know, no. hundred feet high and in three D. And then like the third time you watch it, you're like, oh, this kind of sucks. Yeah. Which it, is I'm right. getting, I get that feeling from Shazam. Every and time I, I watch Shazam, I like it less. And I feel like we'll have the same for when the new one comes out, Avatar 2. Yeah. That it'll be visually spectacular, because fucking... Say what you will about Cameron, he knows spectacle. Oh, yeah. He does not know script writing. No. No matter how many scripts he has under his belt, he still has the same faults in every fucking movie he writes. Um, and that is usually stupid fucking people. And stupid conversations. And stupid dialogue. Yeah. <laughs> I know directors are arrogant. They have to be. Oh, but he's, but he's like, ghost. he is like on another fucking level mm-hmm. of arrogance. And you can feel it. Yep. <laughs> you can, because he's every, every dumb thing. It's almost like, here, stupid people. Mm-hmm. Here, dummies. Mm-hmm. And then like with the really beautiful things, he's just like, I'm a god. Worship me. Yep. Tell me how good this looks. You know? And it's, yep. it's frustrating to I'm watch. I'm going to invent a camera. Yeah, exactly. Because like, you can't do this unless you invent right. the camera. Well, on on the new Avatar, it's this is the first time we've ever done uh, underwater mo- mocap. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. like, thank you for advancing the medium. Did you have to write it? <laughs> but if you had told me that, I don't know, Naughty Dog did that on Uncharted Four or something eight years ago, I would have been like, I would have believed that too. Yeah. You know, so that's how yeah. big a deal I'm it is. I'm glad that technology exists <laughs> yeah. now. But I kind of, if you had told I, me it already did, I, I would have been like, I, yeah, I believe that. But I didn't need your story right. attached to it. Right. Because again, you are wealthy enough, James Cameron. Pay someone else to write the movie. Yeah. Give them, say here, James Patterson that shit. <laughs> say, here's Slap your idea. name on it. Here's what I want to happen and then have someone else fucking write it. James Patterson gets you, a lot of shit, but he's really no different than like a showrunner on, on yeah. a TV show. Like... Yeah. Those guys don't write any of he, 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 puts, he puts the idea on the board. Yep. Every once in a while, he'll write the final episode. And there's <laughs> probably, yeah, he might write the first and the last. And there's like, uh, yep. this is where we're going with it. Yep. Get me there. Yep. See ya. I'll be back at two. You just don't usually see that trait in a novelist. Right. The most solitary of all right. the writing. It doesn't make much sense. I, I can't, I'm, I'm picturing Hemingway doing this. <laughs> I got this idea for a boat. Oh, 
Yeah, Prey's good. Yeah, Prey was Prey, pretty good. Prey was I was very I was very happy with it. I even good movies, I often can't sit in for the whole time. I have to pause at some point. Like I like I've said before, I like watching movies on Tubi because like every 30 minutes you get like 4 minutes off. Yeah. Because you, they run the ads. And that's when I check my phone, see how my drafts are going. Uh and just kind of I need a break. And then but pray I watch straight through. Oh yeah, I, I did too. I was glued to it. Um, yeah, we're just having we're we're really lucky this year with films. Yeah, like that didn't even it's a four and a half and it didn't even show up on my top eight. Oh, that's awesome. Um, yeah, I, I think we are finally coming out. Even though we had all the bad news about um, all the WB stuff. Sorry, WB Discovery plus Shinehart Wig. Yeah. Something, the microwave division. <laughs> the GE's microwave division, is that what it was? Something yeah, was in there. Who, that's who produ- is producing the new HBO series. Yeah. Uh, even with all that, um, Here comes you're right. Cooker. We're kind of, we're, <laughs> we're kind of, I feel like we're, we're finally kind of out of the, out of the woods on the movie side of the pandemic. Um, yeah. Yeah, because I mean, just this year alone. And the, the thing is, it's not, I mean, there's always going to be like heavy rate high for me but we've still had sure. you know everything everywhere all at once the northman men uh i always want to say heartbreaking work of staggering genius but that is not that's it's not unbearable weight of massive talent right uh x nope uh, is that streaming anywhere anytime soon the uh nick cage i think it's coming soon to either paramount or peacock it's soon okay. i think because i do have I think a, I remember seeing an ad for it i've been waiting because uh, I didn't want to buy it, but I did just get a uh, free rental on Vudu. So I was thinking I might rent that. But if it's going to be streaming soon, I don't want to waste my thing. Yeah. Um, because I always send I always send you those whatever I bought this week in the four ninety nine bin on Vudu. And uh, my added layer of getting deals is I never I don't just have a payment uh, hooked up to it, and it's just you know, five dollars every time. I always buy digital gift cards for myself oh, that's smart. because they're automatically ten percent off. So then you get your you're just your fifty dollars is worth now that more. I started buying more movies online. I think I'll do that. I so I just whenever it runs out, I just reload it. <clears throat> so because every month and it's right on Vudu, Vudu's code for ten percent off digital gift cards is just uh like this month, it's it's Voodoo August twenty two. Next month, it'll be Voodoo September twenty two. But it just so happened that this month was ten percent off uh, any gift card over fifty dollars, and uh, one free rental. So uh, I've been I've had this rental code burning a hole in my pocket for like a week now, and I don't know what to do with it. But this week, the last two weeks have been loaded the five nine the four ninety nine bin. Um, yeah, I've bought a lot of stuff, but but there was a whole bunch of stuff that I already had that I probably paid full price for when it came out or whatever. That was five nine. It was a lot of good four ninety nine stuff this past week. Um, and I like having the alert set up on uh, movies anywhere. Yeah. To tell me when stuff is four ninety nine because I've had ombre on there ombre. for it's Paul Newman a long time, and ombre finally was on sale this week, so I bought yes. ombre. Um. Yeah, four ninety nine. Mm-hmm. Being on Voodoo. Uh, Lightyear. I watched Lightyear. Another one that the 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 boys are happy about. Yeah. 
there's a gay black woman in it. That's it. Holy That's shit. that is on it. That is it. Holy shit! And she gets married. And <coughs> I mean, you can't have that. Of all the things in this movie to be mad about, if that's what your gripe is, again. And again, like, it's a fucking kids movie. As an adult, ooh. why are you getting mad at it? Gives a shit. I know a yeah, lot like, of, why are you watching it then? Because I know a lot of people are like, but Emperor Zerg's his dad, because that's what he said in part two. Yeah. It's like, you mean the toys. Yeah. The toy said yeah. in Toy Story 2 that he's his dad. Yeah, it's definitely canon. <laughs> it's... Like fucking just stop. Well, a couple things went wrong here. Uh, one was Disney did not do a good job marketing this. Um, I think it was Lon Harris when it when he first had watched it. His his reaction was the one sentence you get when the movie opens up mm-hmm. is better explaining what this movie is than Disney did with five months of marketing, and it just says in 1995 Andy went to a movie. Or Andy bought his he wanted his Buzz Lightyear toy after seeing his favorite movie. This is that movie. Yeah. So you're watching the movie that Andy went to. Yeah. Okay, we're yeah. Good. we're we're off and running. Yeah. Um, that does not mean it's going to be the same fucking Buzz Lightyear right. that you saw in Toy Story because right. that's a toy. <laughs> it is. Uh, I mean, Woody tells you right up front, you're not a real space ranger. Right. <laughs> it's. What he didn't convince you of that, then you need more help. It is. Uh, I know Pixar often is pulling it at heartstrings, and they always kind of have some melancholy, sad themes. Um, this has got existential dread themes. <laughs> Love it. Because, like, interstellar level. Yeah. Because, I'll just give you the gist of it. They crash land on this alien planet... It's kind of Buzz's fault because he won't accept help from anyone. Mm-hmm. And they crash and their fuel, the whatever they use fuel to get to hyperspeed is or it, whatever. Is it unobtainium? It's something like, we'll call it unobtainium. <laughs> uh, that they, they need to do that is broken. Mm-hmm. So they have to find a way and they don't have uh, all of the means to, to do it. There's so they, no unobtainium refineries on this planet. Right. So they have to figure out what the combination is to make this crystal again. So the whole movie is them coming up with these com- these attempts at making this kind of fuel crystal and then Buzz going on this slingshot mission to see if he can get up to that speed. But every time he does it, when he gets back, depending on how fast he did get to, he's lost like four years. Mm-hmm. Like everyone, when he gets back 20 minutes later, everyone else has aged four years. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the faster he goes, the longer time jumps you get. So it's really sad because there's this whole up style montage of him continuing because his whole thing he's so because it's only been like two weeks to him total but meanwhile all the people that he arrived with there have gone to be gone from you know being in their 20s and 30s to gay and got married yeah exactly and that's the main driver that he was she was his uh commander but they like had been gone went to the academy together and you know they had all these you know, had obviously been working together for a very long time. And so over the course of like a week, he sees her age mm-hmm. to the point, you know, where like 60 years have gone by. So I was like sitting there watching. I was like, wow, this is a downer of a fucking Pixar movie. <laughs> no matter how it ends, yeah. it's really sad. Mm-hmm. Um, but the whole, 
I don't even think her wife has a line. I don't think she's ever on screen for more than two seconds. Because a lot of times in the montage, it's him flying, him getting off the jet, and then her door opening, and you see that she's a, you know, she's at a different stage in life, obviously. Yeah. One of those times it opens, and the wife is standing there. <laughs> and, like, that's it. You don't see him Pretty fly. much. Yeah, <laughs> they're not, like, making out on the couch. Uh, <laughs> it's, again, just of it boggles my mind that anyone would waste any energy mm-hmm. getting fucking mad about stuff like this. Um, I thought the movie had way bigger problems. It was fine. The kids yeah. fucking loved it. Um, I had some problems. I, I always have problems story-wise. Like, that doesn't make sense. <laughs> and I can't let it go and, and just say, it's a fucking Pixar movie, dude. Yeah. <laughs> just watch it. Um, because they basically end up the whole... Well, no, I won't give, I won't give it away. Yeah, don't ruin it for me, I don't want to ruin it for you, the whole kind of point of the movie. But, um, I mean, it's laid on pretty thick. There's no, there's no subtlety here. Because, uh, again, it's made for 10-year-olds. And the 10-year-olds fucking loved it. Um, yeah, it was fine. I didn't have a problem with it. The other things that I watched were... I watched our, our guy, Don Lee... Uh, in Unstoppable, I've had it for a long time because it was a four ninety nine deal at some point last year, and I had never gotten around to it because it just kind of got middling reviews. And the number one review was, "This thing takes forty five minutes to start to get going." That's most all of them. Like, well, usually they have a dead spot. Yeah, there's like a dead twenty minutes in the middle that you're just like fucking zoning off and Dwyer swat style. Um, but that is exactly right. You don't get to see our boy fucking clock anyone for like 45 minutes. But once he clocks his first dude, because he's kind of like that, it's the classic, he used to, he's got a past where he was muscle or something like that, and he's, he's he met a... He doesn't want to, he doesn't want to go he back He doesn't want to, he met a girl, and she calmed him down, and now he's just living life as a, you know, a husband and whatnot, and going to work every day, and... Oh, that's what it is. marker. I've been putting the marker in my goddamn eye. Okay, here's the story. I have this uh, this tape that goes along the edge of the counter yep. here, and uh, Tilly likes to color it with colored markers. She made a whole uh, series of, she called them symbols. And I've just been here touching Dan's it. Dan's been rubbing it in his eyes for the last hour and ten yep. minutes. So I've been rubbing marker <laughs> in my eye. Blame the seven-year-old. Yeah, well, we now know why, because again, I touch my eyes way more than I ever should, because yeah. that's just fucking See, what you do. need is, you, is glasses, and then you just won't do it. Dan's got his sunglasses on. Sunglasses on in the basement. Uh, yeah, because I just looked and I'm like, yeah, that's coming off. Star there, star there, nothing in between. Yep. <laughs> I have rubbed off the star yep. and put it in my fucking eyeball. Uh, that'll do it, I guess. Yep. Uh, Why's your vision going? Uh, seven year, how old is she now? Seven, eight? Seven. Seven year old booby traps. <laughs> she will say stuff. Uh, like, where did we go? We went some... Oh, we went to Chili's the other day. It's a terrible idea. It's never a good idea to go to Chili's, but the kids love it. And Tilly, honest to God, goes, I haven't been here since I was six. And it was like <laughs> it was like we went there last month. Uh, it was pretty funny. Uh, there's been a lot of... Uh, I haven't done that since I'm seven. I haven't done that since I was seven. Changed a lot, kid. Yeah, yeah you are very different. Um, yeah, so that... Unstoppable. It's good once you get to the... It's... I mean, it's... Very paint by numbers, uh, but yeah. Once he gets throwing the haymakers, it's a good time. Always is. Um, things work out in the end, mm-hmm. uh, believe it or not. Wow, that is unusual for a Korean film. Yep, <laughs> unusual. Well, unusual for that brand of Korean film. Because um, it is funny that the ones, the the like, there's the ones that are just total 
yeah. dreary, uh, uh, old boy. Mm-hmm. Um, I saw the devil. Everything is going to hell. Everything is going for the uh, chaser. Um, Burning. All of those. And then there's the ones like this one and kind of the lighter side where like everything just works out. Because it's always, it's that weird, uh, I talked about it with that Midnight Runners movie, where uh, it's actually kind of like Thor, Love and Thunder, where you've got this one movie here and then it's like, oh my God, Gore the God Butcher does not belong in this movie. (laughs) And it's the same way here. You've got these two kind of, in that uh, Midnight Runners movie, these joking around uh, police recruits and then they're going up against these people that are fucking drugging women and cutting their livers out and then <laughs> or prostituting them until they're too old and then they and then, and then they cut their organs out and it's yeah. like Jesus Christ this seems to be two different movies um, but then everything and but so then it makes it at mm-hmm. the end when everything's fine it's like it shouldn't have been someone should have lost a, a, a some Kidneys or something. Someone should be in some sort of traumatic therapy. <laughs> yeah, like this. Everyone's way too pumped about the outcome here. Yeah. So at the end of the the unstoppable one, everyone gets back. And then I watched the net, which I was a little disappointed with, because that's from Kim Ki Duk, the one that you informed me last time was dead. Oh. Uh, he uh, directed the movie that I already seen, uh, Three Iron. And then the one that's super highly rated that we both bought a couple weeks ago, or you bought a couple weeks ago, uh, Spring, Summer, Fall, Winter, Spring, is like near the top of any uh, Korean movie, uh, you know, best of list. Um, this was about, and again, is a very familiar theme for Korean movies, uh, a North Korean, like right on the border, North Korean fisherman, hit, the engine in his boat dies and he floats across yeah. the river to South Korea. So that... There's a whole, the South Koreans are trying to find out if he's a spy, and if he's not a spy, will he be a spy? Mm-hmm. And then the North Koreans on the other side are like, we want our comrade back, but if he's a spy, we're going to fucking kill him. And, <laughs> you know, so this guy's, this guy's fucked. Um, but there wasn't enough there there, mm-hmm. so they just kind of kept doing the people going to interrogate him. They'd kind of knock him around a little bit, and then they'd go out, and then they'd just kind of do... They did like the same thing. We circled back to the same oh, kind of loop over. of, you know, we've already, mm-hmm. you already did that. And then, and then it just kind of ends. So I was kind of disappointed with the way it was, it was very choppy story and there didn't seem to be much there to justify even, this was a short Korean movie. I think it was under two hours, but oh, it was wow. still. It wasn't two hours and 20 minutes. No, but it was still <sighs> too long. Mm-hmm. So I was a little disappointed with it. Um, I will. I do want to watch the other one though that that we had bought. Uh, the Indiana Jones thing. Yeah. Uh, I don't know why this came to my attention. I think it had come to my attention before, but I was, again, I have no theme this month. I'm just watching whatever fucking pops into my head. Yeah. And there's this documentary called Raiders, which is about these 11 year old kids in Mississippi who, starting in the late 80s, decide that they're going to refilm Raiders of the Lost Ark. Shot. And the documentary takes place over, like, a 25-year span. Because what happens is they filmed it, like, from 11 till 18, like, every summer break, every, you know, school vacation, every weekend, they filmed this movie. And it's, like, they they bought, like, costumes Mm. and made props. It's not just like, oh, we're going to reenact the ball-falling scene, you know, using a fucking... G.I. Joe. Yeah. And a 
Some tinfoil. Some tinfoil. <laughs> no, tin like foil they, they created all this shit. Like yeah. they they stuff they set stuff on fire. They probably shouldn't have set on fire. Stuff like that. Um the only difference was like instead of like the Nazi monkey, they had a dog. Oh yeah. <laughs> type of thing, because they hard to get a monkey in Mississippi. Yeah. Um, legally anyway. Legally anyway. <laughs> it's but, probably incredibly easy to get a monkey in Mississippi. <laughs> you just gotta break some laws. Um the only scene they never ever got around to filming was the plane sequence. Okay, the fight. The fight. Because they couldn't get a plane. Right. Um, and it always kind of dug at the guy who directed it. That they never, ever did this. So, it, like, 20 years later, he wants to fucking finish this. Right. Um, and they have to get financing, and, like, they get a guy to build the fucking airplane. <laughs> and the guy who is doing the explosives on it is like, um, he's building a real fucking airplane. You don't need a real airplane. <laughs> you know, like. <laughs> This thing doesn't need to fly. Yeah. Um, but it's just them, like, trying to film this. And the guy's now, like, a game developer. Like, Oh, yeah. And, like, his boss is like, uh, I gave you a week off for this. Fucking that week's over. Need you back. And, like, him deciding whether or not to finish this or go back to his job. Um, and it's just, it's a really cool documentary. It's one of those things, like, see, now if we hadn't had sports, I could see you and I have done yeah. when we were kids with our video cameras. Um. Now that you're talking about it, I'm pretty sure, because when you first, when I, mm-hmm. before we started recording, I looked at it and it looked very familiar. I think I just saw a trailer for yeah. it, because uh, I, I don't remember anything of what you're talking about, so I don't think I actually watched it, but I do remember when it came out. I think we even talked about it when it yeah. came out. It's, it's on it's on Hulu. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I was like, this is really cool. It was a good, do- it was actually a very good documentary, like Spielberg, they met with Spielberg, and Spielberg's like, you know. Way to go, guys. You he know, thought it was cool. Thought it was cool. See, now James Cameron wouldn't. No, James Cameron was like, I am going to sue you. Yes, exactly. Um, he would own their houses. But it like shows them when they were like 18, they got, there was like a, they, they screened it at the local theater, their version, and they like, you know, had a red carpet event and got on the local news and all that shit. Well, you would think Spielberg would be into it. Didn't he produce the Abrams movie that was basically about the same thing? Super 8. Yeah. Yeah. Wasn't that a Spielberg Very, production? Yeah. Um, and I, yeah, I, I was just very charmed by it. So I went, I'm like, God, I really, they, and the thing is they had screened, this is one of the cringier parts of, like, they have Harry Knowles on the documentary a couple of times. Who's that? I, the founder of Ain't It Cool News, who okay. turned out to be like a serial sex offender. Oh, good. Yeah. And he's just looking at, he's, he gives off heavy fucking creep vibes just yeah. looking at him. You're like, oh yeah, I can see him sexually harassing people. <laughs> Not a problem. Um, but yeah, he was the founder of Ain't It Cool That News. So in the very early parts of internet fandom, he was a very important guy. Yeah. And they, he, he created a thing called the Buttnumathon, which was like a 24-hour like movie festival. Sure. Where at the Alamo Draft House, they just played 24 hours of movies. And uh, they had heard about this. And so in between like a film, and when a film ended when they were going to have lunch, they had like 45 minutes to kill. So they played some of this. And people went, Eli Roth was in the, the theater, the guy who did, like, Hostel. Yeah. You know, friends with Tarantino. Watch, he's like, what the fuck is this? This is amazing. So he, like... So I can see Tarantino being way into this. Yeah, and he, like, researched it, you know, tried to find these guys. You know, he was like, you guys need to finish this. Um, and, it, yeah, it was just really fucking cool. So then I, I went online and found their website, and it was like, you can buy the DVD of the movie. Oh. So I was like... I'm going to do this. Um, <laughs> so, so, I, I, so have you ordered this movie? It arrived. Oh. It fucking arrived in two days from me ordering it. 
And it's actually them. Like, well, I was going to say, they're probably like, guys, we got one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they're like, holy shit, an order came through. Must have, Someone must have seen it on Hulu or something. Right. Um, I bet every time it shows up on a streaming service, they get a spike. Yeah, but it, yeah, it, it arrived uh, yesterday, and I'll be watching it this week. Uh, and again, not expecting it to be good. I'm just expecting it to be charming. Yeah. Because it's fucking 12-year-olds. <laughs> Is it, and it's shot for shot? Shot for shot. Like, in the in the documentary, it shows, like, some side-by-sides. Yeah. It's fucking pretty good. I mean, it's amateurish. Yeah. But it's still like, oh, these kids weren't fucking around. Well, yeah, if you take that much time. Oh, yeah, and that's the thing. Cause, like, during the documentary, it's got, like, other kids who are just like, <laughs> I can't believe we're not finished. I thought we I thought we would outgrow this after like two summers. Yeah, and, and eventually like part of them did because like one of them like the director yeah. finally gets a girlfriend and the guy who plays Indiana Jones like tries to steal his girlfriend. Nice, you know, kids. And there's some drama there, and I get, the kid who plays Indiana Jones ends up becoming a fucking crack addict for a while in life. And awesome. Yeah, but now you know he's now they have filmed this company. Apparently, probably one of them packed it for me. And sent oh, probably. Yeah. yeah. So. And again, congratulations on just getting it fucking done. Yeah. Like, it's an accomplishment. Accomplishment. An accomplished something. It's funny, though, how that film... Because, like, Brian Michael Bendis, who was one of the Marvel architects for a long, long time, the first he came up as a comic book artist. I mean, he wanted to draw. First thing he ever did was a shot-for-shot graphic novel. Oh, the yeah. Writers of the Lost Ark. <laughs> it's, like, the first thing he ever drew. So it's like, it's, like, one of those things. It's, like, I wonder how many other people are doing what they're doing in life because of that one film. Yeah. Big reach. Long reach. Yeah. Uh, what else we got? Um, trade deadline went by in baseball. Some big news there. I saw Juan Soto moved. Yes. I heard that was a big deal. Didn't even know who he played for. Played for the Nationals. Yeah. We saw him play. I have a hat. Yeah, we he, he played the day we were there. That's <laughs> how much I pay attention. Um, But yeah, this is... Again, just... And I heard they just got all... They got fleeced. No, they actually didn't. They did okay? They got a lot of prospects. Yeah. Like, number one... Like, three of, like, the <sighs> top 50 prospects. I guess it was more uh, that they keep uh, raising these superstars and then they don't stay. I guess was well, more Well, it's becoming kind of the thing in baseball now because... Well, for the years, the Marlins were everybody's yeah, minor league like team. Now that's everybody. Yeah. It's... If you're, not, if you're not winning and you know your superstar is going to leave in two years. Yeah. And the thing is, one of, I read this one article from a sports writer, and he's like, the thing that is pissing him off the most is it's all trades based on potential. Yeah. Like, you are giving away Juan Soto. Who right. very well could be the next fucking Ted Williams. Right. He could be the face of your franchise for the rest of your fucking franchise. Mm. But because he doesn't, because he, he turned down a 400. Baseball money is crazy. Yeah, it's crazy. And he knew I'll get that somewhere else. Yeah. Um. So he and I can understand why he doesn't want to play for the Nationals because they were world champions two fucking years ago. Yeah. In 2019, they won it all. They got rid of Scherzer. They got rid of Rendon. You know, they got rid of most of their fucking team. Strasburg has played like three games <laughs> since then. So I get why he's like, okay, I want to fucking. Get off this ride. But it's like how and he went and to it happened San Diego, last, right? Yeah, he went to San Diego, who now has Juan Soto, fucking Manny Machado, and Fernando Tatis Jr., three of the best young players. I say young. Machado's probably like twenty seven now. But 
in Tatis and Soto, you've got two of the best players under 25 on, on the same field. I bet Machado's older than that because he was around when I was he still playing 30, when I was still playing fantasy baseball. Hey Google, how old is Manny Machado? Manny Machado is 30 years old. 30 years old. Um, but it's it's funny just how badly this is starting to damage baseball. Because mm. I mean, I went through it last year with the Cubs when they got rid of Chris Bryant, Rizzo, and Baez. Right. For some reason this year, they did not get rid of Contreras, who was a free agent at the end of this year. And did I, am I reading right that Bias has been a dud? For the most Since, part, yes. He's, yeah. he's, he's always been a low-average hitter. Yep. But like he, for, he can hit 30 home runs, but, but in fucking Detroit. But he has to in order to be yeah. valuable. Well, he's always been a good defensive player. Yeah. He'll always have defensive value. But he's, I'm sure he's being paid like a... Oh, he got like 200 something. Million. Yeah. He got a he's not getting paid for his glove. <laughs> but he should have never gone to Detroit. <clears throat> yeah. Because unless you are prime of your life Miguel Cabrera, you are not hitting home runs in that field. That field is fucking gigantic. It's cavernous. You prime hit... prime Miggy is one of the best players I've ever seen. Yeah. You can hit a lot of doubles in that park. Yeah. He, he's done fairly well. He's probably around like 25, 30 doubles. That outfield is just that outfield is just enormous. <laughs> so it's ridiculous. If, you, if your value is okay, you hit two thirty, but you're going to hit thirty home runs every year. Yeah, you're better off like Kyle Schwarber, who went to the Phillies. Yeah, because he's on pace to hit like forty right now. Because again, he can hit. He's a lefty in that porch. Well, they had uh, they showed at one point they showed his. Uh, when he was on a particular hot streak, his last 162 games, he did like 55 home runs or something yeah. nuts. It's like why that. Rizzo, when he's healthy, is doing very well in Yankee Stadium. Oh my God. Yeah. Like, he's still only hitting like 230 this year because they put like seven infielders on one side of the field. <laughs> but it's a short porch. He, that's why they had hoped Joey Gallo was going to be a big deal there. And he did not. Now he's somewhere out. He's a Dodger now because the Dodgers can just give money to everybody. Seems so. Um, but yeah, we're, I think we're at the point now where there's going to be six super teams Yeah, every year. It's going to turn into the NBA where players are just like, uh, I want to win a championship theater. You better, you better trade me. Yeah, it's, it's, it is uh, something when it's, it's one thing when you kind of know what's happening, but it's kind of all behind the scenes and forward facing. Everyone's like, well, you know, this was the best decision for me and my family and all that type of stuff. Yeah. But like now it's gotten to the point of like, these guys are going on. Instagram and saying, "Hey, I want to go. I want to play for the Lakers next year, or I want to play for the Nets, or whatever." This year, this like off season, everybody's talking about fucking Kevin Durant. Yeah, I'm just like, I don't fucking care. Yeah, I really don't. Unless he's your favorite player. Well, uh, the decision, the whole thing leading up to the decision, is about when I tuned out of the the NBA. Oh god, that was the worst. That was. I'm gonna have a primetime special where I'm gonna announce who I'm gonna go play for. And we have had variations on that ever since. It's it. That was ridiculed so much that they'll, no one will ever do that again. Yeah. But that whole mentality. And people will bring it up that it's always been done. It's like, yeah, Charles Barkley went and joined the, the Rockets with Elijah Wan and Drexler. When they yeah. were all like 38. Yeah. That's a difference than prime, it is. prime of his fucking career, Kevin Durant, deciding. Just team hopping. Uh, yeah. Now, I understand it from the player perspective. Uh, so I don't know what the answer is because the thing that's always bugged me about like fan bases is 
expecting some sort of weird loyalty from the players. Yeah. Now, there is obviously connections to the city. Uh, the longer you play somewhere, mm -hmm. the more true that is. But, like, Kevin Durant doesn't owe the city of fucking San Francisco anything. Like, no. he was there for, like, two years. Yeah. Like, and honest. What do you... They, they didn't need him. They didn't need him. Golden no, they State, did not. Golden State won the championship and went to the finals and almost <laughs> won that one the two years before Durant arrived. But, like... He just made them unstoppable. Oh, yeah, right. But, like, Oklahoma City, like, that, everyone was all up in arms. Like, what does he care? Would you he's want not, to live in fucking Oklahoma City? Yeah, no. I mean, and there well, he went to Texas. Yeah, he's probably fucking tired of the area. <laughs> you know, he probably wants to go. But so I get it from the athlete's point of view, but but to the point now where they're like dictating to the owners. Yeah, because that's the whole thing that's been about like New Jersey. It's like, oh well, he wanted to get this. Like he wanted James Harden, so they got James right. Harden because James Harden's another one who's like. Yeah, stays wears out his welcome within like two months. It seems like, which has been funny because in Philadelphia, he just took a team friendly deal. I know all this stuff. Yeah, uh, just took a team friendly deal. Everyone talks about what a team guy he is, especially after Ben Simmons, and Ben Simmons is gonna never play with the people that he went there to play with, yeah. which is fucking hilarious. Yeah, because uh, Kyrie's already gone, right? Not yet, but he's like, going. He, he fucking will be. He will be. That will be. Hilarious. And if he isn't, he will be within. I mean, that would be hilarious if by the time Ben Simmons puts a uniform on, the other two are long gone. Yeah. And, that, yeah, well, that's the thing, too. It's like, why are you paying so much for Ben Simmons? Yeah. He's never done anything. No. It's, I, I don't understand it. And it, you can, you can, like, the Bucks proved you can win with just one superstar and a good team built around them. Right. Um, as amazing as Golden State is, most of those guys are homegrown. Yes. Clay, Curry, and Draymond were all drafted yep. to play for that team. They're get, it's probably going to break up this year because they can't afford to give all three of those guys like the biggest contracts. Is Well, they could, but the rules and shit. Again, I've been out of the NBA for quite... Like I played. <laughs> I have been out on the NBA for like a decade now. Mm -hmm. But when I hear people talk about Draymond, they is he a Hall of Famer? Like that's I I get he these. is a very very good role player because everyone talks about his triple single. It's like yeah. everybody gets a triple single. Yeah, <laughs> at, at a steal he gets a quadruple single average. Um, he is a great facilitator for that team because he can rebound, yeah. he can pass, and he can score. But people are like, oh, this team would take down the '96 Bulls. It's like yeah, I, that's that's doing. that was the most recent thing. Yeah, because Draymond said it. We can <laughs> yeah, take okay, down the Bulls. There we go. It's like. And people are like, okay, let's play this out. You're going to put Rodman on Draymond. Draymond. Yeah. Draymond ain't doing shit with Rodman on him. He's just not. Uh, one of Draymond's big things is he can get 10 rebounds a game. Yeah. Not with the worm there. No. Um, okay, you've got Curry, who runs all fucking game long and creates a lot of open shots. Put Pippen on him. Yeah. Who has seven inches on him. And yeah. a much longer wingspan. Curry now needs to be open by 10 feet in order to get that shot off. Because, again, Pippen also all the defensive player of the year all the time. Yeah. Okay, well, then you've got Clay. Well, you've got Jordan on Clay, maybe. Or fucking maybe put Ron Harper on him. Yeah, well, that's what I was thinking. Um, and they they don't have a true center. So 
the Bulls don't even have to put, they could put Kukoc. You don't need a true center <laughs> to play against them. Yeah. So you don't have to put Bill Willingham out on the court or fucking Bill Cartwright. Bill Cartwright's what I was thinking. You can. You don't need to put <sighs> fucking Luke Longley out there. Will Purdue. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You can just, you can put Tony Kukoc out there and be fine because they don't I, have it a might be, option at center. I mean, obviously I'm going to go nostalgia glasses, but I, that team was really good. Yeah. They were really when fucking good. When your fifth good. scoring option is Steve Kerr, who could shoot lights out threes. Or was John that Paxton. the one? Was it that Bulls team? Maybe it was in this kind of conversation that this was pointed out that at one point they were like Vegas wise favored to win like 140 something straight games. Yeah. Like yeah. the that entire season Every game yeah. in the playoffs. Of that three-peat, yeah, there was like a stretch there. Where it was like, you know, it spanned almost two full yeah. seasons the, where the they were. The third year they were, because that was the one where Pippen was injured for like half yeah. the year and Rodman kept going to Vegas. But like every single game of the season, and like Las Vegas is not doing this to lose money, so yeah. if they're favored yeah. to win, that's who Las Vegas thinks is going to win. And Las Vegas is doing has done pretty well over the years. So... Just, that is an amazing. And are, are we going to play by current NBA foul rules right. or '96 foul rules? Right. Because honestly, they will beat the shit out of the yeah. 2017 team. Yes. Um, because that's that was the other thing they pointed out. It's like, who do you want to not score that game? Right. Put Rodman on them. Right. Doesn't matter if it's a forward or a fucking point guard or a shooting guard. He can shut down that entire team. Yeah. Because he's bigger, and they're like, yeah, well, uh. Curry will just run him around all day long. It's like, do you remember that he used to ride the fucking exercise bike for like an hour and a half after the game? Like, I don't know if there's ever been anyone more physically fit in the NBA than Rodman. And he was so... The thing that I've just never seen is in my entire basketball watching life, never seen anything like it, is the instincts with rebounding. Yeah. Like, that is a true skill. He knew fucking geometry. It was (laughs) amazing. It was like, my God, he's there again. Like, there he is. He's right... yeah, because you wonder. Because I mean, at this, I mean, Rodman's not a small man, but six eight's not. You're he's down there with seven footers, and, and he's, yeah, and not only seven foot, he's down there with Tim Duncan. Yeah, he's down there with you know the later years Hakeem. He he's down there with Shaquille O'Neal, like he is down there with Carl Malone, bigger bigger guys, and he's just. He he knew he's just to, he was just better at it than he, everyone else. He, he would tip the ball fifteen different oh, times yeah, to get because yeah. he, he didn't tire. Yeah, most guys they jump twice and they're like, I'm not fucking getting that rebound. Never mind. Yeah, and he's like, I'm gonna tip it three quarter lengths of the court until I can fucking get it. Yeah, um, and it wasn't like he was getting rebounds off his own shots because he never fucking no. shot the ball. <laughs> it was like a stunning thing if he scored six points. One of those years, he was awesome for fantasy because he <laughs> averaged like. He averaged like 10 points a game, and they were all put back. So yeah. his shooting percentage was like over 60%. Yeah. His rebounding was like He's, 18 rebounds yeah. a game, and then a little bit of everything else. Yeah, he, he get, was he'd awesome get a couple for assists, He'd get some steals. But yeah, people were... The, the argument was like, no one is ever beating that Bulls team. I'm sorry. They were too fucking good front to back. And especially, like you said, if you, if you use... If you use in their time period... Yeah. Rules like there's you get just, a foul now no for like just barely. You breathe wrong on James Harden, you're getting a foul. I mean, you watch the games from the '80s with like the fucking Pistons, the when Rodden was on the Pistons, they're fucking leaving you with stitches. Like uh, if you drive to the hoop, 
And the, in playing with now rules, I wonder if it turns uh, Steve Kerr into like a 20-point-a-night oh, player. Easily. Easily. Because no one goes out there. He's not as fa- obviously as fast and as good everywhere else as Steph Curry is. But I bet if I bet today, if you put, if you let Steve Kerr take thirty shots from, well, that's the other thing too. It's like the game has changed. Yeah, Jordan never needed to shoot threes. No. You, if it, he was playing today, he it was a big deal back been, then. That someone shot ten threes in a game. People well, were when like, he holy made, shit. when he made the the six in the finals, it yeah. was like. Now it's it like, was like more than he made the entire season. Clay Thompson is shooting six and a quarter. Oh yeah, that's all he shoots. So, th- yeah, it's a, it's a different game, but I think they would adapt just fine. Yeah. When the the whole thing is like, I don't know if Jordan can shoot from the three as well. But then again, he's not going to have to because he he's not afraid of going to the hoop anymore. If he's playing with oh, today's rules, yeah, no one's fucking defenses today suck. <laughs> he will two point you to death. Yeah. He yeah he'd probably shoot sixty percent. As a Easily. as a two, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I hadn't thought about. I had I had just thought about adding the threes to his game, but yeah, he would be. He'd probably shoot sixty percent from the field. Yeah. <laughs> he doesn't have to do anything else. Oh, I mean, <laughs> James Harden has perfected the. I'm going to score twenty five points tonight. Eighteen of them are going to be on the foul line. Yeah, because I I'm going to lean into you. Jordan would do that. I know they've now created but, rules to stop that. Yeah, but I, Jordan would would have made those shots too. They would have all become three pointers. Oh yeah, <laughs> and it's not like he was a <clears throat> weak from the free throw line. No, no. but yeah, I, I hate to be that old guy who's screaming, I know. screaming I know. about free agency is ruining everything. Yeah, but it kind of is. Yeah, kind of is. Like when you're the best baseball player on the planet is getting one of the two. You know, because Trout's always up there too. But now people are like, oh my god, are, are the Angels going to trade, you know, a hot, you know, Shohei? Maybe. I don't know. I did think it's it like, was Holy funny. shit. Generational talent. And it's even, it's on the table that you're going to get rid of this guy. Yeah. For draft picks. Someone, someone tweeted, uh, tweeted out, uh, it was something like the average uh, top paragraph on a uh, an Angels game is, or the average tweet about an Angels game is, Otani does something, uh, or um, yeah. Mike Trout hits, goes three for five with two home runs and six RBIs, uh, or something like that. Otani does something that's never been fucking done in the history of baseball. Angels lose eight seven. <laughs> you know what actually happened? The and other then day? and then it happened the next day. Yep. Something they like hit, that they happened. They hit seven solo home runs and lost eight to seven. And oh, Otani hit two. <laughs> oh my god! It was it was perfect though because yep. it was this guy had tweeted it and and. and People yeah. were like, yep, and then the very next day something like that happened. Because it does happen all the fucking it time. It does, it does. Oh, he pitched the other night, gave up two runs. They lost two to one. Because <laughs> I, for a while, because I've kind of been, been out on baseball for a while too, I was like shocked to find out that the Angels sucked. Yeah. I was like, but they've, all the I, I hear very little about Major League Baseball, but you hear stuff about Mike Trout all the time, yeah. and you hear things about Shuhei all the time. And they had but Rendo, bad. who was like an MVP candidate two yeah. years ago. But they're bad. They're bad. It's weird. They can't. It's one of those things where it's, it feels like they're cursed. Yeah. Because if they're playing well, like they started off the season pretty well. Like they're like, oh my god, they might make the playoffs this year. Now they're not even close. Yeah. But I mean, they also have to play, you know, the Astros. Yeah. A lot who are always good. Um, Oakland, even in their bad years, they're not a slouch. They, they will at least put out a competitive team most of the time. 
they're just they're not gonna win. Even when they get starting pitching, starting pitching like they got Noah Syndergaard for this year. Mm. But oh, we're not winning, so we traded him away. Yep. <laughs> and that's that's what happens. Everyone Didn't he just go to Philadelphia? Yeah. Everyone is in love with getting I saw him uh, when he got when he arrived in Philadelphia. I saw the clip of that. But this isn't like the NFL where oh we get a first round draft pick. Mm. Okay. You know, they, they just made a big deal. Mark Appel was the yes. was the number one draft pick ten years ago. And he just he just finally debuted. For the Phillies, right? As a reliever. Yeah. Yeah. So it's it's yeah. See, I know baseball. Yeah, it's so it's not like getting these <clears throat> You know, the Cubs got a lot of prospects last year. Some of them, they still haven't played in the major leagues yet. They're probably still two years away. Yeah, projecting baseball is way and harder like than the other sports. And their number one guy, Brennan Davis, had like a back injury this year yeah. and hasn't played at all. And it, that's what Trout is suffering from right now. Although you never know with a back injury. Baseball, you kind of need to twist. That's why you get these huge packages of prospects because baseball is the hardest to project. Yeah. And... Like in football, if, if that sort of thing ever, young play, players on rookie deals fucking never get traded in the NFL. Like, never. Why would you? Uh, but if it did happen, like, you would be able to get, say, a, a first round talent from last year. Mm-hmm. You'd be able to get a shitload for a guy like that. Yep. Whereas in Major League Baseball, they have to give you 12 of them because probably only one's going to work out. Yeah. And but that one might be Miggy. Or well, that's, oh, that's too, a bad they were example. Like, oh my god, I can't believe the Padres gave away so much of their farm system. But they're mm. like, but they have literally a guy who's been an MVP candidate every year he's played. It's alongside it's the whole... another MVP candidate, beside another MVP candidate. And guess what? That team is still not going to catch the Dodgers. It's the whole <laughs> known versus unknown. Yeah. Like there's that was the whole thing. Uh, I can bring everything back to the Eagles. Uh, the Eagles had all those first-round picks this year. They traded one out to get a first-round for next year. Uh, they used one on Jordan Davis, the huge dude from Georgia. And then the, the next one, everyone was like, are they going to take a receiver? What are they going to do? They traded it for A.J. Brown. Mm-hmm. Um, there's no projection with A.J. Brown. He's fucking awesome. Mm-hmm. Like, we know that. Even in football, which is easier to project than baseball, that is still worth more than, hey, Garrett Wilson, maybe he is. Maybe he's great. Isn't his maybe his best case is better than AJ Brown, but I know AJ Brown is a top ten receiver, yep. so he's worth that. Mm-hmm. Like, it's it's just it's really hard in baseball. You have You've to got, give up. Like, this guy's cranking it in yeah. single A ball. It's like single A. The pitching in single A ball yeah. is a far it's very cry very away from the major leagues. Yeah, it's very very different. Yeah, the the, the I, I follow on Twitter. It's like a. It's called like seventies baseball. Or something, oh yeah, yep. where every once in a while, like they today they post a picture of the Greg Jeffries rookie card. It's like this guy's gonna send me send my kids to college, <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> and it's like I remember, and so people are like comparing. So they're like, yeah, well, my Jerome Walton rookie card's better than that. Yeah. Well, oh yeah, well, my Todd Van Poppel's gonna trump these. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, it's these amazing. are all these guys that when we were collecting baseball cards, we're like, these guys are. That's why it's and most of them never did shit in the majors. That is why it's shocking when, um, uh, dude for the Phillies that used to be on the Nationals, Harper. Harper. That's why guys like Harper, they're he's like an ex- an exception to the rule. The guy that was the fucking yeah. greatest prospect of all time when he was sixteen years old or whatever, yeah. that it actually worked out. Yeah. And wow, he is that good. Mm-hmm. 
because uh, most of the time, like you said, you get these guys that are, I mean, it goes back as far as you want to go. And again, all it takes is one injury. Yeah. One injury and you are done. Especially back in those days. Yeah. I mean, now, if, you know, they get Tommy, like we've talked before, you get Tommy John, it's kind of just like part of your career. It's just yeah. how early do you get Oh, yeah, it. you got people coming out of high school who've already yeah. had a Tommy John surgery. And, it's, and they're like, good, because it's usually better after now. Yeah. When it used to the end your career. you doing that again. Yeah. Not good. Right. Happened, so, yeah. Right. Congratulations, you now have a rubber elbow. But it's, it all just goes back to like, it's, I couldn't imagine being a young fan of baseball right now and trying to pick a favorite team. Because guess what? That mm. team is not probably going to be the same players yeah. three years from now. I remember, like, when we were a kid, it was like, I remember the day that Jody Davis got traded from the Cubs mm. to the Braves. Big deal. Like, I'm like, you can, you can do that? Yeah. You should start or, a catcher. And also, like, I heard about that for other teams. Yeah. I didn't know they would do it. <laughs> you know yeah, what I mean? and it's now like, uh, your team's going to be completely different next year. Right. Like, <laughs> the Cubs are doing the Field of Dreams game this year with the, against the Reds. I'm like, boy, I bet when they thought of that idea two years yeah, ago, it seemed like a pretty like damn a, good idea. A star-studded like, affair. That's the two worst teams in the NL Central. Two of the yeah. five worst teams in the National League are playing in that. When you got to put Pete Wisdom, who was a 30-year-old rookie last year, Oof. as, yeah. Cubs, Cubs have a bunch of those right now this season. They've got a bunch of like I'm like, oh that guy that guy's pretty good. How old is he? Thirty two. Never mind. Christ. A bunch of crash Davises on their yeah. team. If he'd been like twenty four, <laughs> I would have been like, oh, this because like they do have a kid named Christopher Morrell who was like twenty two who's yeah. gonna be good. But again, yeah, when your starting second year third baseman is thirty, your starting second year first baseman is thirty. Yeah. Like your starting you outfielder know. is a third year. 33-year-old. Yeah, you know this is as good as it's going to get. There's no upside there. Yeah. It's like, hey, they're competitive. I can't remember who the Red Sox had back in the day that, like, when he came in, it was like, you just had it in your head. He was this young rookie, and turned out he was, like, like that, like, 32 years old. Like, oh, this is as good as he's ever going to be. <laughs> Mike Greenlaw, they mentioned him in that oh, yeah. conversation. Greenlaw. Still Mike, oh, yeah? Yeah. Yeah, he was one of those who we thought was going to be amazing. He actually was for a couple of years, though. He did, he... Yeah. He's a good hitter, but... All right, we all set? We are good to go. All we, right. We covered a lot of We covered baseball. Didn't even hit two hours. I, know. I think it's raining now. How about that? All right. <sighs>